It's been a little while since we talked about any cultural issues, so we're going to get back into that. The ideal I want to bring before us this evening is protecting and defending our children and helping our children to protect themselves and defend of what is true. So we'll get right to our time together. I invite your comments, as always, especially on Wednesday nights, do we try to open up our class uh, a little bit. Um, but as we make our comments, we'll try to focus on uh, the subject that we're dealing with. <clears throat> so, Disney has brought um, forth this show uh, called, it's, it's made for children, it's called The Owl House, and the lead character is a female, and she will spend a great amount of time on this show uh, exploring her sexuality. Uh, she will um, be presented as someone who is bisexual, and so the show has its goal as um, her exploring her identity in a sexual way and also dabbling in witchcraft. Now, I bring that up to tell you that the devil is after our children. One of the devil's favorite playgrounds is our homes, our houses, our homes. The church doesn't stand a chance the devil sees it sees it this way, if, um, if the homes are uh, destroyed. And so the devil's still at work, even when we're not discussing cultural uh, attacks, uh, the devil never rests. No matter what's going on in Washington or what's going on in Hawaii or Russia, the devil is still at work. And a large part of his work is directed at the home. And um, for some time, the devil has been making inroads into many of our children's programs, like what you might find on the Disney Channel. But also uh, Sesame Street. Uh, they, have been, they have different guests. You, you remember Sesame Street. I remember Sesame Street. I remember uh, Sesame Street coming on. And uh, there was another show, it was either before or right after Sesame Street, called The Electric Company. And I remember many times uh, in school, at, in class, at school, uh, sometimes the teacher would give us a break and we'd watch both of those shows. Harmless as a little fuzzball in those days, but not so much today. So oftentimes Sesame Street will have guests, but also have different characters. And one of their characters that has been... Um, showing up is a male character, but dressed in a dress, a cross-dresser. So they've been having a lot of that taking place, not only on Sesame Street, but also the, um, the Kindred show uh, called uh, Muppets Now. Uh, Muppets Now will have guests on there, and one of their guests recently was a star, and I didn't know this was even a show, but there evidently is a show where they have a competition among cross-dressers. Cross-dressers will come out and they will 
they'll vote and see which one wins the prize. And um, so the star of that show was recently a guest on Muppets Now. And why are they doing that? Look, look, what look where they're going with this. Okay, they're going for the children. And if you if you read some of the uh, literature, um, which you need to do every once in a while, I wouldn't spend a lot of time, but you, you must do it some. Some of the literature of the gay and lesbian uh, websites, so forth, they will make no bones about it. They, they say we must um, we must help the children come to know. Um, their own uh, sexuality. R.K. Uh, J.K. Rowling, um, you might know her. She's an author, and she's a best-selling author. In fact, she's known as the very best-selling author. She she wrote the Harry Potter uh, series. Uh, she is a huge supporter of this movement that we're talking about. But she got in trouble a while, just a while back, just the other day. Um, even though she is, she's given tons of money to this movement that's trying to get the hearts of our children. But even though she's done that, she, she made a couple of remarks back uh, a few weeks ago that even though she, she, um, she would support the rights of a transgender, she was still concerned about the safety of our little girls in these public restrooms. She just made that statement. And did you know that she got, and, I mean, they, they, pretty much, um, they pretty much told her they didn't want any more of her money, they didn't want any more, more association with her. Just because she spoke up and said that this situation in our society is creating a, a situation that's not safe for our girls, and if you're going to go with these, um, with these um, user-friendly restaurants, you know how that how that is. And so um, I, I mentioned this to show that um, this is a very militant effort being made. And it doesn't stop uh, with uh, elections. No matter how things go in a November election, the, the devil and his use of these types of people in our society, uh, it just does not stop. And so we must uh, pr protect and defend our children. Maybe you recognize the next name, Mario uh, Lopez. This is a guy, and uh, perhaps like uh, our children, sort of grew up watching Saved by the Bell, and um, pretty pretty okay uh, show for the most part. Mario uh, was one of the stars there on that show, and he's gone on to to be pretty productive in his life. But he's he's kind of conservative in his views, and he just simply mentioned. Um, a while back, somebody was talking to him about these these organizations and movements, and he just simply said, "I think you ought to let the kids be kids, and uh, if you're going to talk to them about their sexuality, you need to wait till they get older." Well, see, uh, he was condemned and criticized by the LGBT uh, movement because he said that he didn't say he was opposed to anybody or anything. He just said you ought to let kids be kids and then talk about those kinds of issues later in life. That's all he said, and yet they pretty much cast him out of Hollywood uh, because he just simply said that. I, again, I say that to you. I just bring that up to show 
that this is a very militant effort. This is not, this is not, well, we have our views and you have your views. They intend to make this a primary issue uh, among uh, the media and they're, they're targeting our kids. Now, a recent survey was, was done and asking Americans uh, how much of a percentage they thought um, were um, actually gay or lesbian involved. Okay, they just asked Americans, if, if you could just tell us what percentage do you think of Americans uh, living now are involved in gay and lesbian activity. And Americans, um, the average was 23.6%. Okay. Right. The actual percentage is more around 3%. 3%. I don't know that it's even that much. But actually 3% of Americans are involved in gay and lesbian. But why would, why would Americans say that they think it's over 20% of people involved in gay and lesbian activity. Why would they say that? The amount, the amount of coverage given to it. And see it everywhere you go. And you see it everywhere you go. Okay. And these primetime shows plus these children's shows, more and more the lead character is involved in something what we would call perverse. But they're trying to show it as something commonplace, something just as normal as apple pie. Okay. And so they're especially targeting these children's shows. And, um, and the devil is using Disney Channel and these other uh, places. Right now, on primetime shows that, that young people will watch, 10.2% of the lead characters uh, shown are, um, also have a perverse um, sexual identity. Okay. And the goal of LGBT is uh, that, that by this time next year, 20% of the lead characters on primetime television would be involved in some kind of perverse uh, activity. Okay. You, see, you see what they're trying to do? And they, they know how to get into the hearts of our young people. Okay. And so that's why we're focusing on um, protecting and defending our young folks. And the only way to do that is to help them see what Scripture says, and particularly uh, how to defend against this, um, this, these types of arguments. Okay. There are several issues coming up already there uh, that if this continues... School safety will be a, a big concern. It already is. To where schools are actually going to have to rebuild um, their locker rooms, showers, restrooms in order to avoid uh, boys and girls being in the same place because um, no one has the, the fortitude to say, no, we're not going to have this here. Instead, they're just going to rebuild the entire buildings. Okay. Um, but wouldn't it be nice if our uh, city leaders and school leaders would just say, we're not going to have that in our school. But uh, that's not the trend uh, right now. And so what can we do uh, in a practical way to help 
um, our children because ultimately it will be them facing this okay because we can't be with them all throughout every step of their life okay so that will be our uh, discussion uh, this evening so let's get started here uh, we just first of all we got to know what we're talking about okay we got to know our stuff it's inexcusable for Christians not to know what the Bible says, what the New Testament says about the home and family. We've got to know that, and we've got to be able to talk about it whenever it comes up. We've got to be ready on the spot uh, because it'll come out of the blue. It'll be a commercial. It'll be a commercial. The other day on the radio, I heard a, an organization trying to encourage people to vote this, this November, and they use sexual terms to encourage that vote. I kid you not. They started out as if they were talking about a, a person's first time to be involved in a sexual activity, and it turned out to be they were just encouraging people to vote. Okay. But you can just turn around and be looking at a commercial, and there it is right in front of you, and your children will be sitting there watching, and you, you, we just got to know what the Bible says about it. So let's do a quick survey of the New Testament. All right. Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6. When Jesus was asked about marriage, you know what he said, Have you not read that he who made them in the beginning made them what? Male and female. Okay, that'll never change. Male and female. It's common sense. It's natural. Uh, but that's what uh, these, these people are fighting against. Okay, and they're trying to pervert that. They're trying to twist that. They're trying to make that be something that's, that's not right. That's, that's outdated. Matthew 19, 4 uh, through 6. And in Luke 10, 16, Luke 10, 16, uh, Jesus told his apostles, uh, He that hears you, hears me. He that rejects you, rejects me. And he rejects, rejects me, rejects the Father who sent me. Why is that important? Because many say Jesus never condemned um, lesbianism, homosexuality, but he did. Uh, he did right there in Matthew 19, but he also did through the apostles. So when Paul talked against this stuff, then that's Jesus talking against it. When Jude warns against this stuff, then that's Jesus warning against this stuff. That's uh, Luke uh, 10 and verse uh, number 16. And then, of course, Romans chapter 1, 26 and 27 shows that this type of behavior is not natural. Okay? And that it comes from uh, vile passions is what one translation says. Vile passions or dishonorable passions. It's the result of dishonorable passions. Okay, it's something that comes from error. Okay, it comes. The older translations say this is what is unseemly. Right? So it doesn't take a lot of intelligence to know that God is um, straightforward against this type of behavior, and most common people. Uh, can see this. So that's Romans 1, 26 and 27. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11 says, those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you'll see that there. And attach that also to 1 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. It talks about, uh, King James talks about the effeminate, effeminate, the abusers of themselves of mankind. That's just old words describing homosexuality. And also, he puts in there, 1 Timothy 1, 9 and 10, he puts in there, in that same arena, murderers. So the 
folks that would practice this, uh, this perversion is in the same category as murderers. Okay. Now some say, well, uh, Paul is just saying, um, uh, he's not saying don't do this practice, he's just saying treat one another better as you do this practice. In other words, he's trying to put uh, some sort of Christian godliness to the practice. If you're going to practice uh, same-sex relationship, just do it in a very nice way. Okay, But uh, notice there that in the same category of murderers, how do you murder in a nice way? Okay. You can't. So you can't do this perversion in a nice Christian way uh, either. So it's 1 Timothy 1, uh, 9 and 10, and then also uh, Jude 7. Let's turn over there and look at that one together. Jude uh, 7. Jude makes reference to Sodom. And you know what Sodom and Gomorrah was about. Sodom and Gomorrah comes from what two chapters in Genesis? Come on. What two chapters in Genesis tells you about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah? What? Yeah, 18 and 19. 18 and 19. So Genesis 18, 20, God calls it a a, a great wickedness. The great wickedness of Sodom has come up before me. Uh, Abraham pleads in behalf of that city. But eventually uh, the cities are destroyed. The men of the city, when the angels come to visit Lot, you know what they wanted to do. Genesis 19, verse 5. Uh, they wanted to those men, those angel men, to come out of the house so they could know them. Know them. We know what we, that means, to know them. Okay. So notice here in Jude, uh, verse 7, um, verse 6, he talks about those who are under... Um, who are kept in eternal change under gloomy darkness until the day of great judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in fornication and pursued unnatural desire, they serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Okay, so uh, homosexuality is a form of fornication. And um, this is the kind of behavior that will uh, have us sinking in eternal fire. Okay, and I don't think we're, we're misreading Jude at all when we read it in that fashion. Okay. So, uh, there are other places you go. Like Matthew 11, uh, Jesus uh, is using Sodom and Gomorrah uh, to upbraid, give warnings to the current cities in which he is um, working in while he is here on this earth. He would say, woe unto you, Chorazin, woe unto you, Bethsaida. If the mighty works had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, which had been done in you, they would have repented long ago. Okay. And so Jesus is condemning both. He's condemning both Sodom and Gomorrah in old times and the cities in which he was walking and teaching in in his current time. But both Sodom and Bethsaida, Chorazin, all of them needed to uh, repent. So you can easily build a case for what God teaches about marriage and the home uh, through the New Testament. It's a strong case. Now, 
with your little children, you don't want to come out and start talking about all these perversions, but you want to make sure that they know and just repeat, 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 repeat uh, the fact that male and female, just like mom and daddy, grandma and grandpa, okay? that's why it's so important to point out, point to our grandkids and point out to our grandkids, point out to our children, point out to those little ones at church, uh, those who have been married for uh, all these years. You know, see, male and female. Just bring out the good examples from the Bible. You can bring out Zacharias and Elizabeth, John Baptist's parents. You can, you know, you can bring out Aquila and Priscilla and just bring out the positive examples. And then as they get older or as things come up on the internet, come up on their show, come up on a video, or something is said to them by another kid at, at school, then you're going to be ready. Okay? We just have to be ready uh, with what the Bible says. Okay? Now, the second thing we've got to be able to do is uh, we've got to be committed to purity ourselves. We have to be committed to the purity and holiness ourselves in order to make sure our children are protected. If, if, we, if we hold up what the New Testament says and then we ourselves are uh, weak in purity, no matter what way we're weak, then that's not going to, to work. You know, the reason people don't want to teach against these kinds of things is because if you lower the standard of behavior for that group, then you can lower it for yourself as well. But if you call for a high standard among that group, then you're also calling for a high standard for yourself. Okay. And if you just get right down to it, that's sometimes why we don't talk about this, because um, if, if they're going to do their filth, then sometimes I want to do my filth. And so I'm not going to condemn their filth, because if I condemn their filth, I'm condemning my filth. But we got to get rid of all of that nonsense and just commit to purity ourselves. And when we mess up, we just mess up and we turn from it and we get back on, on the path. Okay. Now, one thing that is used quite often among adults and little ones and teenagers is this idea of tolerance. Because as you know, according to society, the greatest virtue there has ever been is tolerance. And so if you call out the teachings of the New Testament, they're going to say, you are not tolerant. Okay. And the second greatest virtue, according to society, is a person's sincerity. You can't question a person's sincerity. Okay. And so, what are you, how are you going to deal with this? This is a very important topic. How do you teach the idea of tolerance to children and what, you know... Um, so how, how, do you, how do you talk about that? Well, I don't know how you talk about it, but somehow we did it because our children are very tolerant. No, they're very tolerant. They are. They're yeah. very tolerant. Yeah. So the difference in tolerance and approval? Difference in tolerance and approval. How are we going to communicate that? Go to the mall, it's going to be there. You're going to have to tolerate it. 
So Okay, so what, so what you're saying, when they say tolerance, they're saying acceptance. And they are. They are. Uh, but that works on young people because um, young people do not like conflict. But I do think, as Aaron was saying, we've got to find a way to just be straightforward and communicate that we're going to be Christ-like, but we're not going to tolerate um, far as our business is concerned. We're not going to tolerate this television show. We're not, we're not going to tolerate in our home uh, this video. We're not going to tolerate this website. We're not going to, to behave like that in our home. But then when it comes to how we treat others, we want to treat others with respect. But it's very important that we, we somehow get this across to... Um, to our little ones, because this is what they're going to be pounded with, that, that well, Christ was tolerant. Don't you want, don't, shouldn't you be like Christ? No. One way that we teach them is this, which is that's the subject. Even in Christian homes, none of this lacking. Did God tolerate Satan? We're not to tolerate when our children do bad things. We are to lovingly discipline teach them through that discipline. That's biblical. So Ken is uh, bringing out that just disciplining our children for misbehavior is very important to do because it relates to this broader subject because God disciplined Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't tolerate uh, this behavior in Sodom and Gomorrah. He will not tolerate it at Judgment Day. So all of these things need to be discussed in a plain spoken way as our children get older. As they get older. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God Father and Jesus are one. So all the things that he didn't tolerate in the Old Testament, like Sodom and Gomorrah and Amorites and all of those things, the idol worship, all of that. Go, go ahead, Larry. David, where is the scripture that speaks of uh, Paul uh, about things that, that are sinful being condemned, and not only them, but those who condone such things? Yeah, Romans, uh, Romans 1. Romans 1. You, Larry, Larry wants us... So Larry's bringing out the importance of teaching our children that we don't condone. We don't, not only do we not participate, but we don't condone it as well. And that's, that would be a big part to bring out. So yes, it is Romans 1, verse 32. Though they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. 
And in no way do we ever need to let that be the case at, our, at home, among our conversations with our children, that somehow we are approving of any of this. You know, we have to, we have to condemn it every time. Okay? Don't let it just go by. We've, we've got to condemn it every time. Yeah, good point. Sister Roger is saying Jesus never tolerated sin. And I think one simple example to be ready to teach to your children is Jesus in John 8 with the woman caught in adultery. What did he tell her? Go and sin no more. That was his last words to her. And then he said, I don't condemn you. Okay. But he also said, go and sin no more. He doesn't tolerate evil. The whole purpose of Jesus being on earth is to get us away from evil. That's right. got to make it clear that all sin is a choice. So, so in, in addition to your conversation, make sure you bring that out. The sin is a choice that, that we make individually. Go, Mike, what you say? Well, Mike's saying that oftentimes, time we get to them, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, they're already, it's already ingrained in their lifestyle. Uh, and that's true, but they can change. You know, 1 Corinthians 6, many of those in Corinth, they were homosexuals. But now they have been washed by the blood of Jesus. They have turned from that. They can, they can turn from this. And, and so it can be done, and it must be done. It must be done. idea that words have meanings, so when they say tolerance, they mean acceptance. We mean, we mean patience. You know, we mean Jesus does not tolerate evil, but, but we can study our way out of this. We can bring, we can, we can break the cycle, we can break the habit, and so if we mean anything by tolerance, 
we mean patience with a steady course of change. Yeah. So, okay, but we, we just got to get ready to, to discuss, because this is a huge word that they use against our children. Go ahead, Paul. So Paul's saying Ellie was, today, boy in school with Ellie, seventh grade, had a bow in his hair, and he had on makeup, and he was all about the gay pride business. But, what now? So three girls bi, like bisexual, claiming to be, and they were dating. And they were dating. Okay. So where did they get these ideas? Okay. TV. Yeah. Maybe parents, but mostly media. media. No, they do do it for attention. It's, it's something that nobody else is talking about. But the danger there is that they would begin to appreciate it and like it and approve of it. So Ken's saying in the breakdown of the home, sometimes we don't, the boys are not taught to be boys and the girls are not taught to be girls. And that's very true. That's happening in our society. But it's not impossible. You know, Timothy was mainly taught by his mother and grandmother. And he didn't turn out, he didn't turn out perverted. Timothy was a man of God. So it can, it can happen. We can, we can bring up godly ladies and we can bring up strong men um, but the, the breakdown of the home does contribute to uh, some of these factors. Um, but with God's help, anything can be accomplished. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, another thing we've got to be ready to do is talk about the Bible as the standard. The Bible as the standard, particularly, particularly the New Testament. Okay. Jesus said, go and teach these things and I will be with you until the end of the world. Matthew 28, verse 20. These teachings of Jesus brought to us through the apostles are meant to be the guide, the standard uh, until the end of the world. Okay. And, you know, oftentimes Paul would say, if any does not bring this gospel, Galatians 1, 6-9, then let him be a curse. So it's definitely meant for these New Testament writings to be the standard from, from now on. This is, this is us. So how do we get that across? Well, we just got to 
to say it and say it and say it and say it. But also, uh, you've got to force people to see it sometimes. Um, so you pick something that, that is also um, bad, like, let's say, incest. Incest. Say, do you believe? I'm not saying do this with a three and four year old or a third and fourth grader, but if you know of an older person, teenager up, who is promoting this, well, just ask, uh, do you think um, incest is a good practice? And they're probably going to say no. And then, then you say, you know, what makes you say that? Where do you get the idea that that might be wrong? And the only way an honest person can, can go and figure that out is to say, okay, it's got to be wrong from a being higher than me. And who is that being higher than me? Because you, Are you going to say, well, Susie, your friend at school, is she the standard for everybody's behavior? Well, no. What about your teacher at school? No. She's a human being, too. Everybody walking around the earth is a human being. So you've got to drive them to the ultimate standard of authority, which is God. And, of course, God's will through his word. Okay. All right. So, um, let me just mention what, um, with the Bible being the standard, then we got to look at the culture through the eyes of the Bible and not the other way around. What, what they're asking us to do is to look at the culture and look how people are behaving and how people want to behave and then take that and try to look at the Bible through that, those eyes. But if the Bible is our standard, then it directs culture, it directs behavior, it directs homes, it directs the church, it directs our thoughts. So the Bible must be promoted as the standard and not as something that can change, like Mark was saying, the same yesterday and today and, and forever. Okay. And then um, we've got to be willing to pay the price in preparation. We've got to know these scriptures, but also be willing to, to just say, like Peter and John, Acts 4.29, uh, we obey God, not man. And they paid the price for it. And we, our, our children need to see that we are willing to pay the price. If we have to say this to, to our family members, if we have to teach this to our, our neighbors, our friends, our people at work, that we are willing to stand behind our convictions in Christ Jesus. Okay. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 what does that say about love? If I speak with the tongues of men or angels, if I'm willing to give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. So again, we want to we certainly teach our children that whatever we do, we do in love and concern for others. It's not just a, a condemnation game. It's not a debate to win. It's a soul to win. And so we want to keep that in mind. But the Bible does teach us to protect our children and protect our ladies. Our ladies. A husband is to love his wife, Ephesians 5, and to cherish her and to nourish her. Okay? We need to stand against these situations that are being developed uh, in these schools and in these places where... Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if a guy's going to call himself a girl. He's still a guy. 
and vice versa. And so we need to do all we can to help protect our women, our young ladies, our children. That's, that's part of our, our, um, our responsibility. So we need to do all we can. We need to listen carefully and support the protection because uh, even though it's, we shake our head that we're standing here talking about this, still, it is what it is. This is not a dream. I wish it was just a bad dream. Um, but it is reality, and we have got to fight. These folks are militant. They, are, they want our children. They want our grandchildren. They will do all they can uh, to get them. And I would say this. Um, you, we got to be really careful about who our children look up to. If you have a, a family member who is um, kind of getting out there about these kinds of issues, that family member does not need to become the best friend of our children. Or ours. But the children have a way of latching on to someone, whether it's a cousin, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's someone at school. We just have to watch the association. We don't want them to be unloving, but we're not going to allow that person to become the dominant influence in our child's life. We want our children to lead them, not them be leading our children. This is some of the ways that this happens right under our eyes, and so we need uh, to be careful. So, no one enjoys uh, speaking about this. Certainly, I don't. Uh, but um, this is uh, this is upon us, and it's it's going to grow. It's it's going to come after us, and we've got to be ready uh, to protect and defend. All right, we'll talk about some of these matters a little bit later. Appreciate you being in class.